0: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.
2: and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verteram alongside Josh Hill and we are almost through week six of the NFL season. Incredibly, the Chiefs and the Pats will be kicking off later this evening right after this podcast is finished up. And then, of course, the Monday night game has the Packers playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. But we have plenty to get to even with those two games still to be played. Of course, we saw some upsets. We saw a Thursday night game where one team flat out decided that it wasn't going to play football anymore. We saw a game across the pond where another team decided it wasn't going to play football anymore. Uh, So there's a lot to get to, but Hill, I'll let you lead off. What caught your eye in Week 6? Well, aside from
0: the fact that the Giants just decided to forget how to play football and the fact that the Raiders should not move to Las Vegas, they should just stay in London and never come back. They should revoke, they, they should pull the visas. They should just not let them through customs when they get back. That was, a, that was an atrocious showing. And I wrote a big piece about it on fan about Basically, like we, we talked about this when it was happening, the John Gruden hiring. And the writing was on the wall that this was not going to go well. At the time, we talked about how it was kind of like Joe Gibbs when he came back with the Redskins, legendary figure within the franchise. And they had two winning seasons in his four years that he managed to stay there. And with John Gruden, everything is suggesting that he is just going to burn this thing to the ground whether because he's trying to or whether because he's accidentally an arsonist here and it's seen in you know the Cleo trade it's obvious but I mean Derek Carr is reduced literally to tears because he has just been broken so badly by by John Gruden I am shocked at just how much the wheels have come off so early like we knew it wasn't going to go well but this is this is a new level they're, they are headed towards the number one pick in a big way. And nothing about Gruden this season, his personnel decisions, his uh, roster moves, suggests they're going to take the right guy. It's incredible. I didn't think it was going to go this badly this quickly, but here we are.
2: Yeah, they stink. Um, they're not good. Look, I'll go a different route, although on the same lines between team that is just wildly disappointing. And I'll take the Titans. Yeah. The Titans are 3-1 start the year, they they beat the Eagles in week four, and they looked impressive. Mariota went for over 300 yards in the game. Then they go to Buffalo in a game that they're favored to win, and Mariota throws for 100 yards, and they they can't do anything offensively. They completely stagnate. They end up losing the game late on a game-winning field goal by Buffalo. So they fall to 3-2. and They came home against Baltimore on Sunday, and I said, you know what? Tennessee is going to find a way to win this game. They're better at home than they are on the road, uh, as, of course, are most teams. But Tennessee typically plays well in that building. And they got walloped 21 to nothing by Baltimore. Give Baltimore a lot of credit. They went in there. They handled them. Mariota was sacked 11 times in the game. I mean, at at what point? Now, look, that is on the offensive line, but that's also on Mariota. You're a mobile guy. Get rid of the ball. Do anything. Do something. He doesn't even throw for 150 yards in the game. He was abysmal. And I think we really are. You know, everybody always talks about Winston. They talk about all these other quarterbacks. You know, guys are are they bust? Are they not bust? Marcus Mariota is a bust. He is not a good player. And he hasn't been throughout his career. He, every once in a while, he'll tease you with a really good game. And then he'll go out and have a game like this. And you know what I get? He doesn't have the best talent around him in the world. But at some point here, you got to do something. If you're a really good player, if you're a top-end quarterback, you have to do something. He completed 10 passes on a second 11 times in the game, Ooh. threw for 117 yards. And by the way, not to put this all on, Mariota, Corey Davis, where are you? You were the number five pick in the draft, and he had one catch of 24 yards. I mean, Baltimore's got a good defense, but this isn't the 85 Bears. I mean, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't score a point. And so that's, that's kind of my jumping-off point. Uh, on, on week six. I think there's a handful of teams we could look at right now, six weeks in, and say that team is done. They are not making the playoffs. Whether or not they're a team that's 1-5, and five, or a team like maybe even a Tennessee, it's a 3-3. Three and three.
0: Yeah.
2: Speaking of the playoffs, let me run this by because We're getting to the point now, we're about a quarter of the way through the season.
0: The playoff picture's kind of falling into place. Here. So right now, without the, the Patriots and the Chiefs, who we both assume are going to be in the playoffs and be near the top of the playoffs, regardless of
1: how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good.
0: The outcome on Sunday night. Right now you've got the Chiefs and, wait for it, the Bengals are the top two seeds. And then you have for your wild card matchups, the Dolphins hosting the Patriots. Yeah, let that one sing in for a minute. And a team we just talked about, the Titans hosting the Chargers. Does anything about that light you on fire? Because to me, we've said it time and time again, the AFC is two teams and a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. And that, that,
2: this, I mean, the Titans and the Chargers in a
0: playoff game? Like, come on, what is that?
2: I, I don't think the Titans are sniffing the playoffs. No. I don't think Cincinnati's making the playoffs. And that, not no. because they lost to Pittsburgh, but because of the way they lose those games. Every time they play a good team, they find some asinine way to lose. Whether it's penalties, it's bad interceptions by Dalton, it's blowing at coverage. They always find a way to lose these games. And at some point, if you're the Bengals, you've got to step up, find a way to win. They play on Sunday night, this coming week against Kansas City, and I'm not looking to give away any state secrets here as we go down the list. They're not winning that game. No, They're not going to beat them. They're not going to go in there on primetime and beat Kansas City because they don't know how to win big games. They never win big games. Now, if it was a playoff game, neither team would win. They would both just quit and go home because neither one knows how to win a damn thing in January. But no, I think in the playoffs, look, I think the, the Chiefs and the Pats are on their own level. I do think the Chargers are quickly becoming a team that is very interesting to watch. Yeah. In fact, I might even argue that they belong on that level, although I need to see them do it longer because they, they've had spurts like this in the past, and then they, they find a way to muck it up. The Steelers also belong in that conversation somewhere if for no other reason because they're offensively so gifted. They could just have a week or two where they go crazy and they, they win the game. So there's a lot to get to, uh, and we obviously will touch on all these teams. Two teams that are not going to the playoffs play on Thursday night football, and that is Denver and Arizona. And we're using the lines from Westgate out in Vegas. The early line is Denver minus two at Arizona. So the Broncos, despite being a, the owner of the four-game losing streak, favored over the Cardinals, who were 1-5. The Cardinals were game with Minnesota for the first half and then kind of fell off at the end. Um, what is your thoughts, if any, on Denver and Arizona? It's going to be a really
0: good, bad game, I think. Because, like you said, the Cardinals were kind of hanging with the Vikings, surprisingly, for most of Sunday's game until things kind of got away and the Vikings realized that, what everybody else realized, the Cardinals aren't good at football. And the Broncos, for another week here, I'm taking the Jets game out, but if you look at the Chiefs game and then you look at this one that they had against the Rams, two very good teams, arguably the two best teams in football, they played pretty well. I mean, 23-20 final score for the for the Broncos and the, and the Rams. Maybe if they make some different decisions down the stretch there, we're having a different conversation. But I'm going to take the Broncos in this one just because I've seen them play better teams well. The Cardinals... I mean, they had that good game against the Bears, but Trubisky's Trubisky. I just don't see anything. I'm more excited to see if Josh Rosen can continue to progress. He's made a lot of mistakes. He doesn't look very good right now. But I'm not, I'm not judging him for what he's playing with with this team because the Cardinals stink. They're, they're not good. And the Broncos better win this game because if they don't, I mean, you've been saying it for a while, if they lose this game to a bad team, the question is about Vance Joseph's job are immediately in the forefront of
2: everybody's mind and i think those questions are coming because i think they're gonna lose uh i don't think they're any good look chubb and miller are a real quad of course miller's a hall of famer but i look at denver and what is there you know lindsey's been a pleasant surprise at running back undrafted rookie sanders can play we know that He's he's a very good receiver beyond that what are we talking about they stink they have no ability to coach anything up. They, they, they might have the worst coaching staff in the league, which right now really is quite a race. Yeah. There's about a dozen teams in the league that you just look at and see they'd be better off with a fan coming down and grabbing a headset. It is truly abominable. Look, I think the Cardinals are a bad team. They're not going to win a lot of games. But at home on a short week, it's a big advantage. Uh, Rosen was 21-31 to for 240 in a pick against the Vikings. I think if he plays that way against Denver, he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing is Denver's given up over 500 yards rushing yeah. the last two weeks. David, Johnson. David Johnson's going to have 200 yards in this game. Like they, they just cannot do anything. They can't block. Chandler Jones should have a big game. I, look, I, I'm not sitting here trying to make it out like Arizona's a juggernaut. They're not. But I just, everything I see from Denver is just a team that week in and week out is going to struggle to win. And while I feel the same way about Arizona, a short week at home, I will take them. Uh, moving on to a game 9:30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. It is the second game of the year in London. The Titans are on the road technically against the hosting Chargers. So the Chargers coming off a beating of the Browns 38 to 14. I picked the Browns like a dope. I went back and forth on that game. and said, Ah, eh, I-, I like I like Cleveland to do something here. Well, Rivers didn't have a huge game. Only 11 to 20 for 207, two touchdowns and a pick. But Melvin Gordon went off, 18 carries, 132 yards. Tyrell Williams, three catches, 118 yards, and two touchdowns. And I should mention, Gordon also had three scores of his own. Uh, I'll be brief with this because I think I gave it away in my open and how I feel about these two teams. I like the Chargers going away in this game. They're six-point favorites. Uh, I think they're going to cover. The Titans stink. The Titans absolutely, unequivocally stink. Mariota might throw for 90 yards in this game. Uh, And I think we're really reaching a point here with Tennessee – it's a new coaching staff. It's still the old general manager. Like, Mariota, don't remember. He's going to start the rest of this year as long as he's healthy. But, like, how much run pass this year is he getting? Because at some juncture here, you got to kind of come to grips with, if he doesn't play better, he's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're not winning games like this in, in the NFL in 2018. The Chargers on the flip side have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. is going to eventually come back, we think. I think L.A. gets the job done. And they continue to put pressure on the Chiefs. Like, I think the Chiefs are probably the better team overall simply because they may have a legitimately generational offense. But the Chargers, they're really talented. And I, I think they go over the, across the pond. I think they get it done.
0: Yeah, I need to see consistency out of the Chargers. And that's something that I think this game is really set up for because they, they what they've struggled to do these last couple of years is string wins together and string good wins together. Do that against Tennessee. You're also taking out a potential uh, playoff contender, so that helps there, although the AFC South is such a dumpster fire. I mean, Tennessee could end up accidentally making the playoffs, so there's that. Give give, give me the Chargers in this one, and I'm with you. Mariota, Jameis Winston, and there's a couple other quarterbacks out there that were reaching the point where it's the Bortles-esque era or part of their contract, where it's do you stick with them? Do you let your pride outweigh logic are you going to stick with Mariota for two three more years because you're like you know what number one we spent the number two overall pick on him he's the guy maybe somebody you'll be able to work with him when clearly we've seen nothing over these last couple of years that suggests he is going to be a good starting quarterback i don't know how his how his quarterback iq is maybe he can be a backup somewhere but my god this is this is rough and the chargers this is a good game for them to really tune up and show people that they deserve to be in a conversation
2: with the Chiefs, with the Patriots, with the Bengals, and that, you know, they have to get this. They do, and the Chargers have a much tougher stretch uh, in December. Yep. So now's the time for the Chargers to get fat, give themselves a little bit of a cushion. Uh, let's get to a couple of 1 o'clock games here that we can kind of roll through. I don't think anybody's going to be opposed to it, uh, even fans of these teams. <laughs> the Bills are at the Colts on Sunday. The Colts are 1-5. Uh, the Bills are two and four, but my God, it's a brutal two and four. The Colts are six and a half point favorites in the game. I'll, oh, I think the Colts are going to win. I think Luck will put up enough points here that they'll handle business. Uh, Buffalo, look, we don't know if Josh Allen will be healthy enough to play I mean, out. Know, it sounds like he will be. Of course, he comes out. Nate Peterman goes in, throws a touchdown. Then the Texans tie it up, and then Peterman with the two minutes left throws one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. <laughs> And Jonathan Joseph, laughing, walks into the end zone. Uh, I'll take the Colts all day long. The Bills have one of the worst quarterback situations I can remember, and I don't think it's going to be alleviated any time this season. Give me the
0: Colts in this one. I, to be fair, I thought the Colts were going to beat the Jets, and they didn't, but they scored a ton of points. And I don't. The, the one thing that Buffalo actually has going for them, I think, is the defense hasn't played that badly. The okay, last couple of weeks, they've not allowed a lot of points. They haven't played great offenses. They beat Tennessee. No, they have not. Yeah, right. They beat Tennessee, and then they go up against Deshaun Watson, who, all right, he's good, but he's got the Bill O'Brien anchor. Give me the Colts in this one, but keep an eye on this Bill's defense because we're going to see if maybe it's legit. If they can hold a Colts offense that has looked at times pretty explosive this year, I'm not going to say good. It's been explosive. If they can hold them down to 17 points, 14 points, then we might have something here with the Bills. But, like, I'm with you. Offensively,
2: that quarterback situation – Good night. Wow. Lions at Dolphins, 1 o'clock. The Lions coming off a bye. The Dolphins coming off one of the stranger games you'll ever see. Racked up well over 500 yards against the Bears uh, in Miami. Brock Osweiler started for 380 <laughs> and three touchdowns with two picks, but enough to win the game. The Dolphins won the game really twice in overtime. They, they got all the way down to the one-foot line and fumbled the ball inexplicably.
1: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, an easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
2: And then on their second possession after the Bears missed a game with a field goal attempt, uh, they came down and, and kicked their own field goal. Time expired. So Dolphins are four and two. Although not a lot of people are believing in them. The Lions again coming off a of bye. They just beat Detroit. They or excuse me, they just beat Green Bay. They come in at two and two uh, on the or two and three rather on the year. I don't know. There's no line for this game because it doesn't. We don't know if Osweiler or Tannehill is going to start. Uh, I am going <laughs> I am going to take Detroit because I believe in Stafford and I believe that. In what should be good weather, the Lions should be able to throw all over the field on, mm-hmm. on Miami in this game. Detroit can't stop the run, but Miami doesn't have a great ground game. Not a bad one, but not one that I feel like can control a game. I'll take the Lions. I'm not going to feel great about it. I don't feel overly confident, but I just. Miami, I know they're 4 and 2, but my God, every time I watch them, I, I just feel like, how is this team winning games? But hey, give them credit. 4 and 2 is 4 and 2. Give me the Lions, and I. The disagree with you on the 4-2. That's gross
0: 4-2. I don't like it. <laughs> brock Like We're going to have them listen to a whole week of Welcome to brock because Osweiler ran into the Bears in the right week and the defense has given up on deep plays. Miami tried to lose that game in every single way, up to and including fumbling a potential game-winning touchdown in overtime at the goal line without even being hit. Kenny and Drake just dropped the football. So the Dolphins, they stink. They're a very weak 4-2. and We had a couple weeks of this conversation about them almost being undefeated. They're an awful team. I don't like them. But the Lions aren't that much better. Give me Detroit, but I'm with you. I feel really icky and gross about having to pick anybody in this game.
2: If there's a game that should be a tie, make it this one. It might be. Uh, Another 1 o'clock kick. Interconference conference Browns at your Bucks As always, I season four to you. Buccaneers favored by two and a half in this game at home against the Browns.
0: I appreciated the second half that Jameis Winston and the offense put together, and they almost won. I mean, it was a crazy last play of that game in Atlanta. And, you know, Adam Humphreys doesn't muff a, a, a pitch back to Deshaun Jackson, who then can't handle it. He had a wide open lane in the end zone, and we're looking at one of the craziest wins that we've seen recently. Didn't happen, so the Bucks are now... 2-3, and three. they're on the downside here. Oh, as much as I want to say this is going to be a game I think the Bucs are going to win, defensively the Browns are really good. And I just have a sinking suspicion that this is going to be a week where Baker Mayfield goes ham on a, one of the worst secondaries I've ever seen. We could be sitting here next week talking about this. Man, Baker went for 300-some yards, three touchdowns, went nuts on that defense. Not unlike what we saw Mitchell Trubisky do to that secondary. I'm not saying you know Baker's not going for six touchdowns, but I could easily see him throwing for three. And this is a week that reignites the 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 coals of the you know general popular interest in Baker Mayfield being a thing. Give me the Bucks because I never pick against them, and it's usually to my own fault. But this is this is going to be a one I think a lot of the pundits are going to have a hard time picking because it's just. I don't see anything here that says the Bucs are really going to win. And the Browns might actually be the better team.
2: Uh, I'm taking the Bucs in this game. I have no belief in the Browns. Look, I picked the Browns like a fool against the Chargers because <laughs> I thought, well, you know, the Chargers, they always blow games. And they do, but they didn't blow this one. They, they blew out Cleveland. I've been picking this game this way for one reason. I think Tampa Bay can score, and Hugh Jackson coaches the Browns.
0: Yep, that's true.
2: And I guess actually it's two reasons. But you know what? Hell of it. Dirk
0: Cutter versus Hugh Jackson might be one of the most grossest I, I just, head I, coaching games I have ever.
2: no faith in Hugh Jackson to mm. scheme up a win, to do anything. They're so incredibly incompetent on the sideline. If, you know, if the game is in Cleveland, I might be more inclined. But at Tampa, I think the Buccaneers, the season's on the line. They've got to yep. win the game. Yep. I think they find a way to get it done. Another game uh, that features AFC versus NFC, Vikings at Jets. The Vikings, a three-point favorite at the Meadowlands. Uh, I will take this one to start. I think Minnesota rolls. Uh, or, you know, I think they should roll. I do think they'll win. I think the Jets will keep it fairly interesting because the Vikings apparently just can't blow out anybody who they should. Nope. Uh, you know, we're sitting here and like, like a fool during the Sunday games in the afternoon, I'm sitting here saying, you know – there's no way that the Vikings blow this game to the Cardinals. They they've lost already at home to the Bills. They were walloped in the game. There's no chance it happens again. And lo and behold, it's ten ten as we're approaching halftime, and they're they're giving up turnovers and it's it just oh my god! I mean, for a team that is that talented, Minnesota should be able to sleep through that game and win by fifteen points. Now to their credit, second half they handled business. they, they crushed Arizona. But, man, you need to see more of that killer instinct. I don't think the Jets are good enough offensively to really put a dent in Minnesota, so I think the Vikings win. But, geez, you know, if I'm a Vikings fan, I'd like to see them go out and win a game like 38-10. to 10. Yeah. It really put the hammer down on one of these, these lackluster teams.
0: Yeah, I want to say that the Jets' defense might make this an interesting game, but they just gave up 30-plus points to the Colts. So I have no real fig- I'm with you. Give me the Vikings, but I am quickly losing – faith in the fact that the Vikings are as good as everybody says they are. They are not as good as the Rams, not only because the Rams beat them, but because they aren't as effortlessly good as Los Angeles is. The Rams will beat teams they are supposed to beat. Like today in Denver, we were talking about it. They, did, they, they won by three points, but they're not. nobody's going to care in January that they barely beat the Rams because they're a good team. The Vikings, they have moments where they look very bad, and if this is a preparation problem, which we've now seen twice. They get walloped by the Bills, and they start very slow in the first half against the Cardinals. The right team's going to catch them, and they're going to be like, these guys can't prepare. So give me the Vikings, but I am – red flags are
2: popping up left and right for this team. Hope you're ready for an AFC South showdown with two teams tied for first place somehow. Houston is at Jacksonville. Houston, winners of three in a row, and it feels like they've lost them all. Jacksonville, losers of two straight, got blown out by Kansas City, backed that up by getting blown out even worse in Dallas. Both teams three and three, tied with the Titans Along so all three of them at the top of the AFC South heap. And the Jaguars favored by four and a half in this game. Hill, do you like Houston? Do you like Jacksonville? I don't like either of them, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh,
0: Houston in this one. I, I'm not happy about it. But Duval's gonna be pissed. Duval's gonna be pissed. But they should be pissed at Blake Bortles. They should be. That's the reason I'm taking. That's the reason I'm taking Houston in this one because he had one good game against New England, and everybody's waxing poetic about how oh we were too we were wrong about Bortles, we were too mean to him, blah blah blah. He stinks. He is not good, and he's going to be a anchor to this team. That defense is all right, but man, it is so hard to tell guys to go out there and put their bodies on the line when Blake portals is your run support that is terrible and they're tethered to this guy until 2020 so get used to it duval direct your anger where it's supposed to be directed at and that's blake portals give me houston in this one i wouldn't be surprised if jacksonville won but this to me highlights something that we didn't really foresee in the preseason but has now come to fruition that the afc south is back to being a default division none of these teams are any good
2: yeah, none of these teams are any good, and I thought Houston would be good going yeah. into the year. And then I, I just I had selective amnesia and forgot who coaches them. Uh, look, <laughs> Watson again today. Like they beat the Bills twenty to thirteen. They played atrociously for the most part in this game. Okay, Deshaun Watson fifteen to twenty five for a buck seventy seven with a touchdown and two picks. One of which was in the end zone again. It's the fourth time this year he's thrown a pick in the red, in the end zone, not in the red zone, the end zone. Mm-hmm. He was sacked seven times today by the Bills. At some point, Houston's going to get him killed. That offensive line is going to get him put on IR. They cannot block. They ran for 74 yards today. Alfred Blues, seven carries, 26 yards. Miller, 15 carries, 46 yards. I I am taking Jacksonville for no other reason because they're at home, and I just think the defense might give up like seven points in this game. Houston is just an abomination offensively. So is Jacksonville. Bortles went for, I think, like 120-some-odd yards passing with a couple of picks. He, he's awful. Uh, you know, I will tell you this. Here's a, here's a little bit of food for thought here as we start to get into a little bit of the colder weather. Whoever wins the AFC South is going to be the fourth seed in the AFC. Probably the Chargers are the fifth seed. Maybe it's Pittsburgh. If Kansas City slips, maybe it's them. Whoever that team is... Should be favored by 15 points in the wild card game. Yep. I don't care. They're on the road. I, whoever that team, like, if, if the Chargers end up going to play like Houston in the AFC wild card game, just give me the Chargers. <laughs> I don't care. They're 20 point favorites. I'm laying the point. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, all right, I'll move on from that. But I'm, I'm going to take Jacksonville in the game. Uh, and do it with very little confidence. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say this before we yeah. move
0: on, just because of the Blake Bortles thing, because I'm just I'm back on this train so hardcore. Because everybody was pretending he was Joe Montana after they beat the Patriots. Bortles today against the, the Cowboys, 15 for 26, a buck 49, a touchdown and a pick. God, Duval, sad. that's who you should
2: be angry at. Okay, that is who you should be angry at. Um, another game, and now we start to get into some of the better games here. One o'clock, the Pats are at the Bears. Make of it what you will with the Bears. Uh, Everybody talked about it was bordering on hysteria about how great their defense is. And then the Bears went out and give 31 to Osweiler, well over 500 yards. The Pats, of course, are playing later this evening, right after we're done with this podcast, they'll kick. Um, The Pats are favored by three points. That line, I'm sure, will move one way or the other, depending upon how this game looks at Foxborough here. But I will... I will cede the floor to you. Patch Bears. Bears at home, 3-2, and two, trying to get back on their winning ways against New England. Uh, give me New England. It's the, they're the better team.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if Dick Fangio kind of regroups his defense a little bit and says, look, you guys played like dog crap against Brock Osweiler. Okay, let's get it together. But Tom Brady is Tom Brady. You, you can't pick against him. And something that was troubling with the Bears defense was they got torched on yards after catch. Yep. And that is something the Patriots love They got Josh Gordon, they got Julian Edelman, they've got Sonny Michelle. Those are guys that are gonna torture. They're gonna get screen passes, bubbles. Watch out for that, because if the Dolphins can do that to your defense, you better believe that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are gonna scheme the crap out of that. Give me the give me the Patriots, but I do think that the Bears defense doesn't play as badly as it does. I'm, and if it does, then maybe we were all definitely very wrong about this early season push. Because if they play
2: like this again, this is not a playoff team. The Bears are not a playoff team. Agreed on all points, uh, and I don't think New England as well. And I'm going to lay out this like little theory I've kind of come up with throughout the season. The NFL has moved more than ever towards offense, mm-hmm. and you know it used to be. Even growing up, I'm now 30 years old, so when I was growing up in the, in the late 90s, it was all about run the ball. Control the clock, convert on third down, play good defense, you'll win. And while certainly a lot of those tenets still hold true, you need to score points in today's NFL to win. You are not going to win games, by and large, scoring 17 points and playing good defense. You're just not. Teams are too good. The rules are too easy to skirt offensively. So I look at this game and I say to myself, a team like a New England, like a Pittsburgh, like a Kansas City, the Rams, the Saints, maybe even the Chargers, you need to be able to score 27 to 30 points to beat these teams on a normal week. Yeah. I don't care how good Chicago's defense is. I really, like, I don't care. And with all due respect to the Bears, look, let's let's slow it down a little bit here about how great the Bears are defensively. Like, Can you even name their, their starting corners? <laughs> I mean, like, let's just calm down. Like, I know they've got Fuller, but geez. Like, it's not like they've got, you know, it's not like they've got Haynes and, and, and Hayes back there. So, for me... Can the Bears score 30 points against the Pats? The Pats' defense stinks, but my answer is probably not because I don't trust Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Pats, minus three. I do think it's a close game. I do think it's a fun game to watch, but I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky in the game. And all said, I think New England's just better than him. So give me New England. Another game here on the NFC side will stay there. Panthers and Eagles. Eagles three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I like the Eagles a lot in this game. Look, the Eagles have been up and down a little bit. But Wentz is getting healthy, they crushed the Giants. The Giants are the just most pathetic group of quitters on the face of the earth. That game on Thursday night, my God, Giants fans attracted every single person who bought a ticket to that game who's a Giants fan and give them a refund, plus then some. Uh, But I'll take the Eagles. I think they're better. The Panthers are just so infuriating to try to figure out what they are. One week they come out, they look great. The next week they, they just fall apart. They go to Washington, they get in a huge hole early in the game, they climb back, they end up losing. Look, I think the Panthers are talented, but the Panthers have obvious weaknesses. The Eagles, I think, are the better team. They're at home. Eagles, minus three and a half. I'll take the Panthers to cover, but I'll take the Eagles to win. Give me the Panthers, or give me the Eagles
0: on this one, not the Panthers. I don't believe in the Panthers at all. We've long said that it's impossible to figure out what they are. And Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson were able to just bulldoze over that defense. And that's troubling. If the Eagles are going to be a playoff team, if the Eagles are really going to grab people's attention and respect back, they need to win this game. The NFC South is New Orleans' division to lose. And I think that the NFC East is hopefully going to be Philadelphia's division to lose. And this is a game they can get a win, like you said earlier, but uh, I forget who we were talking about, but you said you got to get fat. Get this win, Chargers. the Chargers. No, Chargers. Yep. you got to get fat. If you want the NFC East to be your division to lose, you got to win this game. Give me the Eagles.
2: Yep, uh, agreed. And now we move to the four o'clock slate on uh, the East Coast, and there are only three games, uh, as there were uh, this week, but
1: And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
2: Interesting games. We'll start with the least interesting of the three, in my opinion, anyway. The Rams are at the Niners. That was the Sunday night game. Got flexed out because the Niners stink. And and Garoppolo's hurt. McKinnon's hurt. and Everybody's hurt. The Rams are favored by 11 points in the game. No shock there. Now, the Rams are 6-0... I think they're the best team in football. Interestingly enough, though, the Rams the last couple weeks have struggled against bad teams. They barely beat Seattle. They struggled to take care of the Broncos. But they won. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at this game against the Niners. Is C.J. Beathard going to beat them? Is that defense going to beat them? I have all the respect in for Shanahan. I think he's a hell of a coach. But I don't, I don't think the, the Niners get it done. I actually think the Niners maybe cover me. They lose by, like, nine, ten. But I, I think the line's good. Uh, I'll take the Niners to cover, maybe even a backdoor cover. Uh, but I think the Rams winning get the 7-0. I just they have the Packers coming up after that, then they got the Saints. I think the Rams I, look gotta take care of business. It's a divisional game, and I think they do exactly that. Yeah, give me the Rams this one. Dick Stockton on the
0: broadcast was talking about the greatest show on turf and comparing this team to that 99 team. And I think that's unfair. Like this team is good. And Sean McVay is definitely three or four years ahead of where all of the other play callers in the NFL are. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be scoring 40 points a game. They have to be like the Chiefs, like a potentially generational offense. Give me the Rams in this one. I'm not too concerned about the fact that they're struggling against teams like Seattle, who is a little bit better than we think, like they're not terrible, and the Broncos, who play the Chiefs close, to be fair. They did? So, but I think, they're, I think they're far and away better than the 49ers. If they struggle again, it might be notable, but I'm not going to start panicking until it
2: really looks like there are glaring holes in this team, which it doesn't look like there are right now. NFC East, one of the great rivalries in football. Dallas at Washington. Washington favored by two and a half in this game. Dallas, of course, coming off of a massacre over Jacksonville, 40-7. to seven. Washington, as I mentioned earlier, they handle business, took care of the Panthers at FedEx Field, uh, by the score of twenty-three to seventeen, Alex Smith was Alex Smith, twenty-one to thirty-six, one hundred sixty-three yards, two touchdowns. Peterson, who continues to climb out of his crypt, <laughs> yeah. ninety-seven yards on seventeen carries. Great game by him. Uh, this one's a tough one to pick for me, but I'm going to take Washington in this game. I don't know that I trust Dak. I don't know that I believe in Dallas with Garrett as that head coach. I just. I think it was a great win with Jacksonville, but I think Dallas is the kind of team that week in and week out, they're going to have some weeks where they play really well, and they're going to have other weeks where he just leaves. What happened? How did they get beat that bad? I I don't trust them. And I don't trust Washington a ton either, but I do trust Smith a little more than I trust Prescott. They're at home. Uh, And incredibly, these two teams are right in the mix in the NFC East. I mean, nobody's running away with it. Washington, hell, they're leading the division. Dallas and Philadelphia – uh, trailing by a half game. So I will take Washington. I think it's a, I think it's a compelling game. Uh, I, I think the win made by Phil, Go, so I'll take him to cover as well. Uh, but I think the Redskins, they win this game 4-2? Give me Washington. I like them at 4-2.
0: And, and then they've got Dallas. They've got the Giants. They've got the Falcons. And then they've got the Buccaneers. We could be looking at the, the Redskins being in the hunt for the wild card here. Like, don't count it up Alex Smith, this could is, be the Hunter of the division. They could be, and this this totally fits the Alex Smith narrative. You live this life in, in Kansas City where it's like, you know, he's not going to be a phenomenal quarterback, but he's going to manage the game well. He's going to throw for under 200 yards, but get a pair of touchdowns, manage the game, you're going to get the win. Washington's not going to the Super Bowl, but they very well could get into the wild card. They might beat a team like Green Bay or if they get in, you know, who knows what happens. So give me Washington. I'm interested in seeing where this goes. I don't think it's going to
2: end well, but it's going, to go, it's going to go in a direction that's at least entertaining. New Orleans at Baltimore, the final four o'clock game, and that actually intrigues me. I am interested very much to see how this all plays out. The Ravens have a very good defense. The Saints have a very prolific offense. The Ravens are favored by two and a half in this game. I would have thought it was a picker. Uh, I, I will take the Saints. Look, I respect the Ravens, but this is, again, I mentioned it earlier. Can you score 30 points? Because the Saints are one of those teams, I put in that conversation. Like they are going to score. I don't care how good Baltimore's defense is. I don't care that it's on the road. You know, for years the knock on New Orleans. was always, you know, if you get them on the road, they can't score. Well, they have Kamara now, and they can score. Okay, they have Ingram, and they can score, and they have a really good offensive line. and They can score. This isn't Mariota. Okay, Drew Brees is not going to throw for 120 yards and look completely feeble in the pocket. Like they're going to score points. So can the Ravens score? I don't think they can score enough. I think New Orleans is the only team that can compete with the Rams in the NFC to this point. So give me the Saints to get the five and one, coming off a of bye as well. Key, they get two weeks to prepare for this game. I think they go in and they handle business. Give me the Saints too. I just did the math.
0: The Ravens are averaging twenty-five points a game, which answers your question. And, yeah. and forty-eight of that was against the, the Bills. Or 47. Yeah, and their points, their points against is seventy-seven, which is the same exact number that we said last week because they, you know, shut out the Titans this week. Give me—that that, number is going to go way up. That is going to be over 100 points allowed because the, the, the Saints are going to go into Baltimore. They're going to score a lot of points. We saw with Ingram back, that offense looks different, okay? People are complaining, you know, Kamara's fantasy value, blah, blah. That's just—look, this offense is complete with Ingram back in. They were very good against Washington. I fully expect the repeat performance of that. And if that's the case, all of a sudden we have a brand-new contender for a team that might come out of the, of the NFC— and represent the Super Bowl this is the team we saw last year that you and I had so much faith in I want to see if it can do it again two weeks in a row against
2: Baltimore I very much think they can I think they will and I think the Saints you know, everybody talks Chiefs Rams Chiefs Rams listen New Orleans belongs in that conversation and by the way so there are like three or four other teams like I, the Rams and the Chiefs are both really good but it's October like, like it's it's got a long way to go here speaking of which the Bengals are at the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football game. Got flexed in over the Rams and Niners. The Chiefs are six-point favorites in the game. Uh, as per my usual, I'll lead off with the Chiefs. But I'm not going to make this about the Chiefs. Uh, a, because the Chiefs haven't played yet in, in this week while we're recording this. And B, because I think it's far more compelling what's going on in Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati was four and one. I picked them to beat the Steelers. I thought it'd be a really tight game, and it was. But the Steelers found a way to win late. Um, there was a game a handful of years ago that I was talking to Hill about. We were talking in the uh, office. The Chiefs in 2015, they, they played the Broncos, and they blew a late lead in the fourth quarter against them at Arrowhead on a Thursday night, and then Jamal Charles fumbles with like 30 seconds left. The Broncos recovered it and ran it in for a touchdown. And I remember thinking at the time, like this is the kind of loss going to take a while to shake. Well, the Chiefs lost their next four games. Uh, and to their credit, 1-5 somehow rebounded, one ten 10 in a row. But my point is, what the Broncos were to the Chiefs back then is very much what the Steelers are to the Bengals now. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of game that I think sticks with you for a while. I don't know that it'll stick with them for a month like it did with the Chiefs, but I think this sticks with the Bengals for a week, maybe two weeks. That is a horrific loss. And not because the Steelers aren't good, not because... You know, you couldn't hold on to the end. But because it happens all the time to this team. And everybody wants to believe it's different until it's not. And it wasn't different. You know, and you look at that game late. Boswell was in position to kick. what would have been about a 50-yard field goal. And the Bengals bring an all-out cover zero blitz with like 15 seconds left. And Roethlisberger reads it, throws to Brown, the easiest 31-yard touchdown pass you'll ever see, walks in. And that's the end of it. Boswell's not been good this year. Like, if you're the Bengals, you make him kick it. And the Bengals tried to bring a, you know, all a casino blitz. And, and they got, I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Like, to me, this goes back to every reason I don't believe in Cincinnati. The coaching is ridiculous. Why would you ever call that there? It makes no sense. And so after the game, I forget which player said, but one of them said, We thought they were going to run the ball. We wanted to bring a blitz. If that's the case, fine, then bring a run blitz. Don't bring eight guys where you have no safety. It's just dumb. You're not playing a rookie quarterback. You're playing a guy who's seen your specific defense 30-some-odd times in his career. So, look, with all that being said, I think this is a miserable spot for Cincinnati. If the Chiefs win on Sunday night, they're going to be 6-0 and the fans are going to be going insane when they come back to Arrowhead. They're going to be welcomed as conquering heroes coming out of Foxborough. If they lose, the Chiefs are certainly going to be looking to prove a point in that game get back on their winning ways, especially in primetime in front of the country. Arrowhead's a very tough place to play. The Chiefs have won their last five primetime games there. I just don't think Cincinnati wins the game. I think the Chiefs score a lot of points. I think Cincinnati scores their fair share. But I think overall, Kansas City wins something like 35-24 or something in that range. I I think it's a very, very tough spot and made much tougher by what happened on Sunday to them. Yeah, it's going to be quite the hangover for for the Bengals. Give me the Chiefs in this one. I
0: just don't – I think this is going to be a stat-padding game for Dalton and a lot of these Bengals guys. And who knows? Maybe the Chiefs defense starts to figure it out. I mean, we don't know what the case is with Eric Berry, if he's going to come back for that game or not. I don't know if he will. Uh, I I think you said it. Maybe he should just sit until the playoffs. I honestly got him sit until Christmas. Unless
2: unless they get into a situation where the Chargers aren't losing, they have to win or something. I'd send I think the bigger question is Justin Houston. He back next yeah. week because he could be. Yeah. Um, and if he's back, that's a that's a whole other situation. Because one thing the Chiefs have done well defensively, the they've gotten to the quarterback. Yeah. Do you know this? D Ford leads the league in quarterback pressures this year. Oh, huh. thirty. There you go through five games. <laughs> wow. He's been unbelievable. So yeah. I, listen, we'll see. But I. Uh, I think the Chiefs find the way. I think it was a tough game for the Bengals at one o'clock. I think it's almost impossible in time for them oh, in yeah. that spot. It's just, they are 0 and 10 since 2006 oh, on Sunday night football. God. And under Marvin Lewis since 2003, they are 1 and 16 on the road <laughs> in the primetime game. I, just not a, not a good spot
0: if you're sitting that. Has Marvin Lewis replaced for you uh, the dead behind the eyes look? Because <laughs> we saw that how many different times? And this is like a you know a repetitive thing with him. like good lord, this he
2: doesn't know what's going on. Marv looks very confused, <laughs> and like I said, there's like four or five coaches that just every week you look at them and they, they just they do they look incredibly lost. All of the my favorite though, if I had a favorite face of any head coach, North Turner used yep. to have just an unbelievable expression, <laughs> unbelievable. Always looked very, very confused, emotionally hurt. Uh, when Wade Phillips was a head coach, also a phenomenal Wade face. Uh, very underrated. The Monday night game uh, we go to, and it is the Giants at the Falcons. Enjoy that, everybody. Uh, the Falcons are three-point favorites. I will be succinct as can be. I think the Falcons win because the Giants have given up. If the
0: Falcons lose this game to the Giants, contract the franchise. Because <laughs> it's just the, you
2: can't lose to this team.
0: Give me, give me the Falcons. Absolutely unequivocally.
2: With that, we're through all the games. We're through all the Week Seven games. Uh, Final thoughts as we head into—well, technically we head into the very tail end here, Week Six—but as we go into Week Seven, thoughts as we hurdle forward into the latter part of October. I think that we kind of led the show talking about the playoffs. I'm I'm
0: starting to look at that because the races are starting to define themselves. The Ravens, Jaguars, Steelers—the first three teams out in the AFC. And then the Seahawks, Eagles, and Packers are the first three teams out in the NFC. Vikings, they're not a one seed. Right now, the Rams and the Saints are the teams with the byes. So it's only week six. This is a fluid picture. But now is the time to start looking at these things because you're going to look at games like the the Patriots and the Chiefs or next week, some of these games. They're going to have implications on the playoffs. They're going to have implications on the races, whether it's the division, whether it's where the the road to the Super Bowl is going to go. Or the wild card. So we talked about teams that we think might be done and cooked, like Tennessee and some of these other teams. Now it's starting to look, for me, the interesting part is, who are the teams that are really right now going to start defining their season? Are they going to be in the hunt for the division, or are they going to be a team that starts to fall back? Maybe like we just talked about with Cincinnati, where they just get hit in the mouth so bad that it it
2: sets the season back and throws things off the rails. Yeah, uh, I'll close with this. I think, as you mentioned, look, the playoff pictures still very fluid, but you're starting to get an idea of which teams are totally out of it, which teams are pretty much showing as, long as they have huge yeah. injuries. And I've always felt, and it's I mean, this is an obvious thing, but it's just something I've always kind of said to myself in my head is that when the weather starts to get colder, the playoff race in the NFL starts to get hotter, and you start seeing, you know, the good teams now, the New Englands of the world. This is when they make their move. They don't, I'm not going to say they don't care about September because they care about September. But once you start getting into the fall and the leaves are coming off the trees and, and the, you know, the grass is starting to brown a little bit, that's when these teams figure out who they are, figure out what they're not, and get going. And if you start to see these teams that you're like, I think they're okay, I think they're pretty good, but they keep stalling out, they're not it. They're not going to do it. But if you start seeing teams, you're like, "Ah, I think they're pretty good. And they start winning four out of five, five out of six, and win a couple of road games. That's when you know. And so I am really excited and looking forward to seeing that. It's been a weird year in the NFL. I feel like it always is because of the parity. But uh, an exciting one, a fun one, and I'm looking forward to the games uh, for for us tonight, tomorrow, and then, of course, uh, the Week 7 slate. So. Josh Hill, I am at Verderam. I want to thank our partners over at Fanatics. Please go to fanatics.fansided.com. Put in the code FANSIDED to get 20% off of shipping. Uh, they have everything that a fan could ever want. They're great partners. We're really excited about them. Uh, also, please subscribe on iTunes. Check us out uh, on Twitter as well, both of us. Uh, always happy to hear from you uh, and always a treasure uh, when we do. So, for Hill on Verderam, thank you so much and enjoy Week 7. Incredibly, it's already Week 7 of the NFL season.
1: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.